atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for March the 10th in the year of our Lord 2020. Hour two of two and our goal always to protect life liberty and property and to promote God, family and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And as you know, we believe the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. We are on your radio six days a week on the seventh day we rest, as the Almighty tells us to. Six days a week, you can get our archives at Live and On Demand Radio and donate and a whole lot more at LibertyRoundTable.com and our nationally syndicated radio network, LovingLiberty.net, ladies and gentlemen. All right. You know what? A lot of people have been coming to Utah lately. And uh, a true patriot. He's been in the fight for a long time. And um, he's on a national speaking tour, and he's got uh, several stops in the Olympic state of Utah. Alex Newman is an award-winning international journalist, educator, author, and consultant. Uh, And that doesn't even do him justice, folks. But he's on an incredible speaking tour called Rescuing Our Children. It's a Utah speaking tour, JBS, John Birch Society, JBS.org. Alex, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. It's been a long time, brother. Yeah, it has. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. It's great to be with you. <sighs> so it's not too uh, cold in Utah, and it's not too snowy. You came at a good time, sir. Spring is almost yeah, sprung. Yeah, it's a very nice change from Florida. So. <laughs> yeah, a little cool off time, huh? Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about Rescuing Our Children, because the headline is a little bit alarming, uh, but I would say it's as apropos as it gets. Yeah, and, you know, I I so appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. It's an issue that's been uh, very close to my heart for years now, Uh, ever since I wrote the book Crimes of the Educators with Dr. Sam Blumenfeld. Uh, You know, this is a man who spent 60 years uh, studying the education system and trying to save as many children as possible from uh, illiteracy and indoctrination. So I learned so much. And, you know, as as I thought about this, I realized that, you know, it's even broader than just saving the children. Yeah, it's true. The children are being destroyed by the public school system. They're being deliberately dumbed down. I mean, this is very well documented, even by whistleblowers from the highest levels of the federal government, like Charlotte Iserbitt. Um, They're being indoctrinated, right? 70% of my generation, millennials, will now tell pollsters that they identify as socialists and they will vote for socialist candidates. Um, 50% now don't even know that they believe in God. Millennials are the first major, uh, generation where the majority will be non-Christian. And you know, this is all a direct result of the public school system. So these children are being harmed in very concrete, very deliberate ways. And the bigger picture is you know, it's more than just our children. If we allow this to continue, we're going to lose our country, and we're going to lose our liberty, and we're going to lose our churches, too. You know, the, the studies from the Nehemiah Institute show that something like 80% of Christian children who go through 12 years of government indoctrination masquerading as education are going to leave their churches. And, you know, it's, it's all going to come crashing down if we continue to allow this to happen. 
Um, it's not only the indoctrination uh, that's the problem. Uh, it's not only the uh, lack of education that's really going on. Uh, but I think it gets worse. It's the uh, intentional dishonest delivery of fiction uh, becoming facts. And, and I think that's how uh, America is literally doubling down in favor of socialism because they're flat out being lied to with our tax dollars by compulsion. And it's been done for decades. And if anybody dares speak out against it, uh, they're basically considered, how dare you? You're the enemy. You're against education. And, and they've literally taken this tactic, but it's starting to blow up in their faces because as the lies get more bold and more in your face, as the indoctrination increases, as the false narrative continues, Americans are starting to get it and wake up and go, wait a minute. My son is a boy. OK, come on now. My daughter is a uh, come on now, or uh, I mean, it goes right on through. But that really is starting to cross the Rubicon where Americans are waking up in record numbers, Alex. Oh, I, I, I am 100 percent convinced of that, Sam, and that's the truth. You're right. The history is fake. The science is fake. It's incredibly dangerous. But people are waking up now in massive numbers. Uh, you know, our, our president in the 2020 State of the Union speech said we have to rescue our children from the failing government schools. <laughs> that's the same uh, language we've been using. Uh, last year, we had a Rush Limbaugh, you know, the biggest talk show host in America, go on a show and say millennials ought to consider pulling their children out of school so that they don't end up you know, transgender, brainwashed, zombie progressives. Um, you had uh, all kinds of major, major figures. Uh, Franklin Graham, you know, he went on uh, on the show with Todd Starnes after uh, New Jersey passed this law mandating LGBT indoctrination of every child. Said you got to pull your children out of the public school system. This is now becoming mainstream. Uh, there's a growing exodus from the public school system. And uh, now the challenge is, you know, are, are Christian schools, are homeschooling parents, are we ready for this exodus that's coming of children leaving the public school system? And uh, we're working to make sure that, that happens. So we've got a, a special report in the New American magazine called Rescuing Our Children. Uh, people can get a copy of that at thenewamerican.com slash rescuingourchildren, or we'll have copies at all the events we have uh, going on in Utah. And uh, we want to get a million of these out. Uh, you know, you're right. Something big is changing. People are waking up. Parents, you know, when they start literally castrating boys to, to turn them into girls, and this is happening now in California. This happened in Minnesota. Uh, parents said no. The school took the child to go have uh, so-called uh, sex change surgery. They, they literally castrated this boy. They mutilated his genitals and put him on hormones and put him on, you know, opiate drugs and gave him back to the parents. You know, this is the kind of stuff that's happening now. When that starts happening, no matter how you know progressive and, and you know loony a parent might be, that's a line too far, and that's where we're at right now. Now it's a line too far. I agree, but understand, ladies and gentlemen, the inner underpinnings of this. Uh, it really is in the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, where they literally believe that little children should be able to decide sexually what they do and be able to and parents are nothing but a but a stumbling block and interference towards uh, in, in the United Nations Convention ideas, liberty for children. Uh, and, and so this is very, very dishonest. And they have set the stage for this globally to force it down our throats. And people don't even realize the stage has been set or the table has been set for this, Alex. That's absolutely right. Uh, you know, the UNESCO, in the special report, we have a whole article about the growing role of UNESCO uh, and the United Nations in our education system. Now, Donald Trump did something important. He got us out of UNESCO, but so did Ronald Reagan, and we just rejoined again. So the influence of UNESCO is still there. And, and as it relates to the sex education thing, 
Um, you know, they actually put out global sex education standards in 2018 while it was under the leadership of a, of a Bulgarian communist named Irina Bokova. And this would be appalling even to the most progressive parent you can find. I mean, they're talking about teaching five-year-old children uh, masturbation. They're talking about teaching them sexual play. That's the kind of stuff pedophiles do to groom children. And this is what the U.N. is saying needs to be taught to every child in every school on the face of this earth. And they're Absolutely. literally talking Absolutely. They're literally talking arrest if you interfere. That's right. And that's exactly right. And, and they have a, a whole manual there for how we, uh, you know, sideline parents, how we... Uh, you know, answer their concerns. They've got a, a guide for teachers and educators, you know, when religious leaders and parents come. They're supposed to say, oh, this is all based on scientific evidence. And you go back and you look at the scientific evidence, it all goes back to Planned Parenthood. And before Planned Parenthood, of course, it was Alfred Kinsey, the, uh, the disgusting pervert responsible for the rape and sexual torture of thousands of children. Uh, this is a guy who came up with the idea that we needed to indoctrinate children with sex ed when they're little kids because they were raping babies, literally. And they said, oh, look, they're, they're climaxing. They must be sexual from birth. We need to start teaching them sex ed in kindergarten. So this is the depth of the depravity that has invaded our school system now. And our children are quite literally being destroyed. This is a crisis, and we've got to deal with it. And ladies and gentlemen, I know this is something that kind of assaults your ears to even hear some of the points being made here. But you've got to understand, this is real. And they're trying to codify it into law that has global implications, but yet they say, well, there's no global laws, Sam, so this would be, uh, you know, forced globally by by edict or by partnership, by agreeing to these, uh, you could say treaties, you could say agreements, you could say, okay, they cross all lines, so it's, you know, what is UNESCO? A, a treaty, an agreement, a this, a that? Well, what is the Convention on the Rights of the Child? What is the United Nations? And, and it gets all fuzzy in the end of the day, because there's so many twists and turns, what happens when Congress doesn't approve it, but the president goes along with it and enacts it anyway, and what happens when certain communities decide that they're going to defy the federal government and, and carry it out anyway, and okay, what happens with all that? It becomes a mess legally. But the reality yep. is, um, it doesn't change the fact that it will be codified by some form of the color of law, it will be shoved down your throat, and there will be serious consequences if we don't stand up now. And every day we're quiet, becomes a greater uh, push for this and a greater codifying of this in some form of force, whatever that looks like. And I don't mean to be vague in my terms, but that's really the structure that we're seeing. They don't care by hook or by crook. They will create compulsion on this if we don't stand up soon enough to break up their uh, politically driven agenda, Alex. That's right. And, uh, you know, they talk as if this stuff were already established international law. If you listen to the United Nations, I mean, they'll go all the way back to the U.N. Universal Declaration of Human Rights signed in the 1940s, where they said in Article 26 that education shall be compulsory, right? You have a right to be indoctrinated by your government, which, of course, is not a right at all. It's, you know, a compulsion. Uh, and then right under that, they say that the education must further the activities of the U.N. So they've been on this for a while. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you go to LovingLiberty.net, you can download a flyer there, which will tell you where Alex Newman, JBS.org, also has the information, where he'll be traveling through Utah now. Tonight he'll be at, what, Utah um, Community College there, 7.15 start time, and then he's going to several different locations around the state. you got to go to this incredible education on the lack of education. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault... 
Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from Range magazine.com just click on the shopping cart the loving liberty radio network salutes the spirit of the american west and those who are keeping it alive at range magazine with news the networks refuse to use you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Award-winning international journalist, educator, author, and consultant with us riding shotgun right now, Alex Newman, kicking off his Utah tour today. Rescuing Our Children is the name of the tour, because I'm telling you right now, they're using the education system to absolutely really attack God, and everything God stands for is their ultimate communistic tyrannical goal and ladies and gentlemen this is serious serious business so what i've tried to do is kind of set the stage for the need for alex to catch everybody up on this to say you know what even if you believe in the education system it's time to learn what's really happening behind the scenes it's actually in your face but if you don't study it you don't really realize it uh, so it's kind of like hidden in plain sight, if you will. Uh, but they're literally going to attack every principle of God, male and female created them, right on down to sexual promiscuity at every level. Every kind of sex is great, except for the kind God has ordained, which is one man, one woman, legally and lawfully married. Uh, every sex is on the table, except for that. That is to be ridiculed and mocked. And to bring children into the world is ridiculed and mocked right on down. And it will uh, really violate the sensibilities of any uh, normal person, to say the least. So, Alex, we've set the stage. You'll be at Utah Community College tonight, 715. And then you'll be through uh, all kinds of places in the state. Uh, go to lovingliberty.net to download the flyer or jbs.org. And you can get it. And you'll see where he's appearing. He'll be at the Liberty Hall, believe it or not, Saturday morning, 10 a.m., Liberty Hall, uh, in far west Utah. And believe it or not, we're starting a, a, a blip billboard campaign. 
today uh, to highlight some of this as well and help promote Alex's tour in Utah. We're grateful to have him. Alex, give me a couple of tidbits of what will be kind of in the speech. Give us a little bit of a teaser so people know. Yeah, Sam, I, I think you just hit the nail on the head with, uh, you know, the, the God issue. This ultimately is a war against God and everything that God has ordained. And at this point, that ought to be crystal clear to anybody who's ever read the Bible and anybody who knows what's going on in the public school system. On every issue, they're now teaching the kids the exact opposite of what God has taught. So you start at the beginning. God created a male and female. In the beginning, God created. They now deny that, right? Billions of years came from slime. There is no God. Some big bang. There's no God. That's what they're teaching the kids in science. Male and female. Oh no, that's that's bigotry. In fact, you can't talk. You can't say that. That's hatred. Today we know that <clears throat> there are infinite genders, and you might have been born in the wrong body. I mean, this is what they're teaching preschool children and kindergartners um, all across the United States. Marriage, as you pointed out, right? God created marriage, one man, one woman. So what do they teach the kids? Oh, marriage could be anything you want or anything the Supreme Court wants. It could be, you know, two guys um, and, and a monkey, right? Or two guys and a goat. That'll be a marriage. Uh, private property, right? God said, thou shalt not steal. God said, if you don't eat or if you don't work, you don't eat. And so what do they teach the kids? We should steal everything from everyone and redistribute it to people along the lines of socialism. God created the nation-state, right? He says over and over again in his word, he created the nation-state. So what do they teach the children? Well, nations are racist, borders are racist, we have to abolish them all and live in a global system. So everything that God has commanded in his word, for our benefit, mind you, uh, they are now teaching against it. God says, don't murder. So under these UN UNESCO uh, sex ed standards that I mentioned, they teach the kids by the time they're nine, they need to be able to articulate why abortion ought to be uh, legal and taxpayer-funded. So this is absolutely grotesque, and I think you hit the nail on the head. And we'll be going through some more examples uh, tonight and uh, also uh, at the other events throughout the state. So. I think it's important to give people Q&A, too, because sometimes when people get their questions answered in meaningful ways, it gives them a kind of an entry point for their own further study. Don't just believe Alex Newman or don't believe Sam Bushman, ladies and gentlemen. Do your own homework. When we make a claim, go ahead and research it, folks. But understand this. The Constitution for the United States of America, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, the um, Ten Commandments, etc. It doesn't talk about forced government control of education at all. But it is the tenth plank in the Communist Manifesto. And compulsory education is wall-to-wall or coast-to-coast in America today. And uh, you know what? There's uh, case studies where courts have said the second you let your kid go into the government school, you don't have authority over that child anymore. They do. And they make that very clear. Isn't that in and of self? I don't care whether you agree with it or not. Isn't that alarming? It really should be, Sam. And, you know, you, you wonder how, how have American parents allowed this to happen? One of the issues is we're several generations into this. Uh, and, you know, I, I love what you said, Sam. Nobody ought to believe us because we're saying these things. So one of the things that I'll be doing at these talks that people have told me, including, you know, public school teachers, I've never had a bad comment from a public school teacher. In fact, I can't tell you how many hundreds have thanked me on this speaking tour. I've been in over 40 states now, over 120 events. And one of the things I do is I show the videos of these people talking for themselves. So you don't have to believe me. I show you, you know, the documents up on a screen, what these people themselves say. So... This is not about my credibility. Nobody has to believe one word I say. I will prove to you that these people are doing what I say they're doing. And, um, you know, we really hope you'll come out uh, because this stuff is, I think, the most important political battle that is taking place right now. We're also going to go through the history of the government school system. You know, you pointed out Karl Marx. A lot of people kind of just accept it, take it for granted because it's been here our whole lives. But the history... Just the history ought to be enough to have people pause and say, wait a minute, did we make a mistake 
by allowing the government to run education. I mean, nobody would allow the government to run grocery stores, right? Why do we allow them to run the school system? Something we ought to think about. And once you see the history, once you see the people who created this system, they were overtly hostile to God. They were overtly hostile to individual liberty. I think the pieces of the puzzle will start to make sense. And they even clearly realized that that was their entry point to force all of us to jettison God and his commandments and a belief in a supreme being higher than government, etc. I mean, it goes on and on. Uh, so really, the end point really is for people to understand what's going on and then to take action. What actions are the most helpful for the average American to take? Now, I'm one that wouldn't even put my kids in the government school in the first place. Never have, never yeah. will. I got eight kids. Uh, I'm just telling you right now, I'm not doing it, period. End of paragraph. End of, but what, what do you expect people to do with this knowledge, Alex? God bless you, Sam. I, I just, that warms my heart to hear that. You don't even know. Uh, that, I think, is the top most important thing that an average American parent or even grandparent can do is remove your children from the government school system. And, you know, I compare it to, to a burning building. <clears throat> you know, if the building is on fire, you're not going to start a petition. You're not going to, you know, form a committee. You're not going to get it, you know, start a new organization to go board. You're going to run in there, grab that child, and run out the door as quickly as you physically can. Uh, and, you know, in the case of a fire, it's only a physical danger afflicting your child. Uh, in the case of the public school system, the danger is also mental, spiritual, uh, intellectual, academic, moral. I mean, the dangers are enormous. And so I tell parents, the first thing you do is you rescue your child from that burning building. Then we get together as a community and we talk about, all right, what do we do about this building that's on fire? It's about to burn down our whole community and eventually our whole country. Now let's get to work. And so, you know, step one, get the children out. Step two, get the word out so that other parents know. You know, a lot of parents are willfully ignorant about this. Not a lot of people know because not a lot of people want to know. So we need to make sure the American people know what's going on. A doctor can't cure a disease or treat a disease until he has a diagnosis. We need to know what ails us. And so that's step two. You know, we've got uh, copies of the special report. It's very cost-effective. It'll give you kind of the Reader's Digest version, everything you need to know about uh, the sexualization, indoctrination, the dumbing down, uh, the history of this, the move now toward a global education system, and then the solution, right? Homeschooling, uh, you know, Christian schools, private schools, you know, uh, going back to the kind of school system that made the American people the best educated, the most literate people on the face of this planet. Ladies and gentlemen, I could keep Alex on for two hours and do an incredible interview, uh, as you know. What I want to do, though, is just have him on for 30 minutes. Because he's super busy traveling Utah. He's on the road right now. He's going to be at several venues tonight. Utah Community College. It's going to be going on at 7.15 p.m. Uh, Saturday, it's going to be at Loving Liberty Organization, which is Liberty Hall in Far West at 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Uh, and there's a couple of venues in between. Just go to lovingliberty.net or jbs.org and grab the flyer and see where they're going to be nearest you and go. I want to, what I want to do is whet your appetite, not give you the whole deal, because I want you to meet Alex in person. If you want to understand the credibility of a true international journalist, author, professional educator, etc., I'm telling you, meeting him in person, shaking his hand, seeing on the screen the documents that he presents, uh, and understanding this message from top to bottom is critical. Uh, and, and the only way you can really do that in my mind is if you meet him in person, you understand who he is and what he stands for. Uh, hey, what are Alex's motives? It's not like he's running around making a bunch of money. Okay? So the, the motives here, ladies and gentlemen, are pure. The evidence is irrefutable. Uh, and the opportunity uh, to meet an award-winning international journalist, author, and educator who will give it to you straight is, uh, in my opinion, you know, you see politicians come to Utah, I don't even care. 
Uh, but you see guys like this come to Utah, and I feel like we've been given a treasure uh, and an opportunity to gain. Look, it's taken Alex years to get all this information together. He can give it to you in literally minutes, and then you can have it at your fingertips, not only for you and your personal needs, but to spread the word to others. Alex, do you got a parting shot? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on, brother. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, thanks to all the listeners. I hope to see you tonight or sometime this week. God bless you all, and uh, please pay attention. This is crucial. Thanks again, brother. Godspeed, sir. Alex Newman, ladies and gentlemen, jbs.org, lovingliberty.net. Get your flyer and attend. I'm telling you, tremendous opportunity in the state of Utah. We're not big in terms of population, but we're liberty-minded, and liberty-loving people know it. So they're coming to the beautiful state of Utah. Thanks, Alex. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. President Trump hoping to soften the economic damage the coronavirus is threatening to do. He's announced that he's going to be meeting today with Republican senators to push for a payroll tax cut that would help hourly workers. Meanwhile, St. Patrick's Day parades in Dublin and in Boston have both been canceled because of coronavirus concerns, but New York's annual march up Fifth Avenue is still a go for today. Mayor Bill de Blasio says there's concern about gathering thousands of people, but so far no one's advised the city to call the nation's biggest St. Patrick's Day event off. The argument for canceling larger gatherings is a lot of people, and in principle you might have that many more people who have been exposed to the disease in the presence of that many more people who have not been. Five states have Democratic presidential primaries today, and one, North Dakota, has a caucus. And this is USA Radio News. Hello, this is Wayne Allenrood, relentless conservative warrior, middle-class warrior, and always Trump warrior. I have a message for my fellow patriots across America. President Trump is making America great again. He's the only president in my lifetime who is keeping his promises, and his biggest promise is to build that wall. President Trump can only do it with our help. If Congress won't fund Trump's wall, we will. President Trump is one man against the world, and what globalists and socialists around the world want is clear, open borders. It's time to take a stand. We either build the wall, or it's the end of the greatest nation of world history ever blessed by God. That's why I founded the Root for the Wall PAC. 63 million Trump voters together will raise the money President Trump needs for the wall. Anyone who donates $100 or more will get a beautiful commemorative wall brick. Display it proudly. Call 844-ROOT-WALL. That's toll free. 844-ROOT-WALL. Or go to rootwall.com. We will build this wall together. Call 844-ROOT-WALL. Or go to rootwall.com. Root for the Wall PAC. Pay for it. Responsible for the content of this message. Not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. Rootwall.com. More now on another round of primaries today. The Democratic race essentially coming down now to just two candidates in Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. However, Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard said last night she is continuing her long shot campaign. My candidacy, the reason why I ran for president, really bringing the point that the most important responsibility that the president has is to ensure the safety, security and freedom of the American people. Gabbard speaking there last night on Fox News. Federal regulators are now accusing Fifth Third Bank of opening fake accounts without customers' knowledge. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau filed a lawsuit yesterday accusing the Cincinnati-based bank of opening fake accounts from at least 2008 through 2016. The bureau says some of the fake Fifth Third accounts were funded, which means bank workers moved real money from customers' existing accounts to the new ones without their consent. 
And this is USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Alex Newman doing a phenomenal job. I'm telling you right now, his speech is going to be incredible, Kurt. Well, I couldn't agree more, Sam, and uh, that's one of the reasons the uh, folks at Patriot Printing did the uh, flyers for him. Uh, You know, good stuff uh, moving forward, huh, Sam? Amen to that. Anyway, Alex Newman, if you want to get the flyer, you can do so. Um, There's a lot of people handing out physical flyers that are printed, but there's also a PDF flyer available at LovingLiberty.net. Just download your copy today, and then you can see the different venues uh, that they're going to be at. And the reason that I didn't highlight every venue is just because you need to get the flyer, because then you can see the details, you can see the start times, you can see the addresses, uh, et cetera. And the reason I highlighted today is because it's coming up so fast, I want people to know, tonight, 7.15, at Utah um, Community College or whatever. Um, and then it's going to be uh, Saturday, 10 a.m. at Liberty Hall, Kirk. That's going to be tremendous. Um, all right, study Nike, Apple, BMW, among 83 brands using Chinese Muslim slave labor. What the heck is a Chinese Muslim, Kurt? Well... <laughs> Um, you know, you've got your different classes of people there, just like here in America. You got your uh, African Americans, your Italian Americans, your you know, and so they've got their groups, I guess. Uh, but it's just interesting to me. Uh, I was reading this Breitbart piece about this, and uh, they say in the first case study, a factory in eastern China that manufactures shoes for U.S. company Nike is equipped with watchtowers barbed wire fences, and police guard boxes. I mean, it just sounds like uh, you're basically in a prison camp, you know, to me, Sam. But uh, they say the Uyghur workers, unlike their Han counterparts, I guess those are some of the different, you know, groups of types of Chinese citizens, they're reportedly unable to go home for holidays. Well, yeah, they're in a barbed wire place in the second case study of another eastern province factory claiming to supply sportswear multinationals adidas and fila uh, evidence suggests that uyghur workers were transferred directly from one of Xinjiang's re-education camps and they put those in quotes uh, in the third case study we identify several chinese factories making components for apple or their suppliers using uyghur labor Political indoctrination is a key part of their job assignments. So, um, you know, earlier in the story, it talked about um, them identifying 27 factories outside of Xinjiang um, that publicly identify as building goods or parts of goods for the companies mentioned. And these are a uh, uh, few of them are uh, Apple, BMW, Gap, Huawei. Nike, Samsung, Sony, and Volkswagen. Um, And uh, they say that um, with the notable exception of companies the U.S. has banned from business there, like Hawaii, uh, operate in the United States, meaning American consumers have access to the products in part made by these slaves. Um, so it's interesting, you know, we want to have a uh, re-indoc- or what is it? Um, recompensation or compensation for former slaves. And yet, you know, it looks like we're still supporting slave labor. Doesn't it, Sam? 
Well, I would say it's more than it looks like, Kurt. It's documented big time that we certainly are. And, you know, the problem is that we act like, you know, we've jettisoned slavery and that we need to pay back, do reparations or whatever for slavery. And Lowell mentioned this, uh, what was it, on Monday, I think it was, where he was basically telling about a friend who was insisting, hey, we've got to do something about slavery. And, uh, you know, Lowell's like, well, we did do something. We quit it. it. It was bad. And, of course, it was bad. And we quit slavery. And that's good. And the guy's like, well, no, we need to pay. And so Lowell's like, why don't you just voluntarily just, you know what, write out a big old check to whoever you feel. And the rest of us who don't feel like we're obligated can abstain. I mean, slavery was wrong, and I'm glad we jettisoned it, but I don't feel responsible. I never held any slaves, or I mean, I don't see how I'm responsible. Uh, and the guy didn't like that. He wants to just force people to go along. And so what's interesting to me is on one hand, we pretend that we've jettisoned slavery in America, but really we just create economic slavery that turn uh, economic slavery by our purchasing power by our most favored nation trading partner in communist China, but then they literally do the dirty deed of the physical slavery on behalf of our, quote, economic slavery noose. And I find this very interesting, and then we bring it up, and people just dismiss us, don't they, Kurt? Well, that's a great point. This Breitbart Pete says, for the past two years, China has built up dozens of concentration camps. That's exactly what they call them here, and it sure sounds like it. In Xinjiang, it's the largest and westernmost province, where between a million and three million Uyghurs, uh, Kazakhs, and other Muslim ethnic minorities were forced to live, enduring indoctrination, torture, rape, and murder. In December, the Chinese government, which always referred to the concentration camps as, get this part, quote, vocational training centers, end quote, announced that the concentration camp victims had, quote, graduated, end quote, from vocational training and left the camps. Um, the uh, They say the graduates were shipped to factories nationwide against their will to endure arduous labor manufacturing uh, products or yeah manufacturing products for software companies car parts shoes and other items when their work shifts concluded the study found evidence that the workers were then forced to endure the same sort of indoctrination they found at the Xinjiang camps uh, learning Mandarin by the way that's a language that's not native to them uh, memorizing Communist Party songs oh, I'll bet they have fun singing along there and idolatry of uh, dictator Jing, Jinping. So anyway, a little bit of a, I mean, next time you buy one of those, you know, products, just think of how, you know, you've uh, moved slavery forward, I guess. Huh, Sam? Yeah. And part of the problem with this, Kurt, is uh, sadly, you know, I don't want to buy one of those products. But I don't know that I have a whole lot of other products to buy, number one. And I don't know which products are involved in the slave trade versus which ones aren't uh, really either. Right? That's a great point. And so many times when somebody, let's say a congressman or senator, tries to uh, list on there or have a label that says, hey, these are from, you know, such and such a country or something like that, then they'll have all these big businesses uh, posing them and pretty much putting them right out of out of office, it seems like. Uh, yeah, and sadly, be... the businesses are opposing them because the businesses don't know what to do either. They're trapped by regulation. Let me give you an example. Let's say I import a, um, a widget from China, and it says made in China on it or whatever else and stuff like that, and let's say they find out that it's made by slave labor. Well, I'm going, 
I'm in business to make widget A, and I've only got a few choices to even produce this product. I got to go to China or Vietnam or India or one of those places, or I can't even get the thing manufactured, Kurt. And then when I go to some of these places, there's a lot of factories that are controlled by big business, and I can't even use those factories. So then I'm left as a small business to use whatever factories I can get. So I develop my widget, and I do my best. But you know what? I can't be over there and watch the slave labor go down. I go there, and they, you know, when they walk through and I do videos, it looks good. I mean, they're smart enough to make it look good on the surface, right? And so I don't even really realize, or I'm not really in control. There's not much I can do about it even. Then what, Kurt? And, and so I don't want to get the blame or to take the hit or to act like I'm a slave labor guy. I'm not. But there's only so much that I can do. Uh, and so there's a lot to this picture, but it's all driven by government Manipulation and regulation, Kurt. All of it. All right. Anyway, sad tale to tell. It's our pretty amazing. With those and uh, yeah, we've we've seen it as well. And the one good thing about this, Sam, is people are learning this and they're finding out about this, and uh, you know they're realizing that hey, um, let's say you're Apple and you, you know, realize you don't really want to support this, even though, you know, maybe you've been duped into it or tricked into it or whatever. Um, you start relocating and putting things in other places yeah, around the world. Yeah, the problem is you and, can't. Uh, well, I know, but it's it's being done in a small way, at least. Uh, partly well, they're just like going from communist China Vietnam to the communist Vietnamese. Places. Well, or, or they're going some into Taiwan and some into other places. And, and uh, if you're, quote, a real environmentalist, you might realize that wouldn't it be better if we just produced each of these things wherever we they were needed rather than boat them or ship them or fly them around the world to wherever that place is. Yeah, but then you um, can't create a global government if you do that, buddy. <laughs> good point. But yeah, your point's well taken, to... and I agree. We're the environmentalists when you need them, huh? Good anyway, point. and so, you know, it's hard to say when you say 83 brands using Chinese slave labor. It's also kind of a question, too, becoming when is somebody vers- virtually a slave versus when is somebody... Uh, you know, voluntarily a slave versus when is somebody a real slave. You know, it's kind of like the rape discussion a little bit, Kurt. I don't think the word is just a simple word that you can just use across the board, and it's always a similar discussion. Uh, Many times it's very circumstantial. A lot of the products made in China might not be literally slave labor, but it might be people are making hardly anything, a bowl of rice just to survive. That used to be done in Britain, and that's where unions uh, came from. Right? All right, quick pause, Sam and Kurt. We want to talk about a white choir. You've heard the name Lavoy Finicum. Now, hear Lavoy Finicum in his own words. Honor the Republic. Uphold this Constitution. Let us quit talking. Please take peaceful action. That is why I'm here. Liberty Hall Lectures presents Dead Man Talking, screening and fundraiser. Come together with us to view the newly completed DVD series, Lavoy, Dead Man Talking, Episode 2, Friday, February 28th at 6 p.m. at Liberty Hall in Far West Utah. Come meet Lavoy Finicum 
Morgan's widow, Jeanette. Learn about her mission to bring about justice for the wrongful murder of her husband. That's Friday, February 28th, 6 p.m. at Liberty Hall, 3677 North, Highway 126 in Far West Utah. There's no need to RSVP. Admission is free, and your generous donations are appreciated. Join us Friday, February 28th at 6 p.m. at Liberty Hall. This event is sponsored by One Cowboy Stand for Freedom, the Center for Self-Governance, and the Loving Liberty Radio Network. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission. morallaw.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I, I called an audible. I switched a couple of stories on you, Kurt. So you got the Nike, Apple, and 83, uh, and BMW 83-plus brands using communist slave labor. Uh, and then, you know, hey, we want to pay reparations for the slavery that we caused back, you know, a couple hundred years ago. I mean, it's insanity on steroids. But nevertheless, I want to highlight this um, story because it relates, before we get to the uh, white choir story. In America's richest town... $500,000 a year is now below average, Kurt. What? Yeah, this is a uh, Bloomberg piece. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the uh, Bloomberg writers, they kind of think, well, hey, man, if we write a story about this, uh, our boss, you know, Mr. Bloomberg will really, well, he'll really like it because he'll be thinking, hey, man, it's just like minimum wage at five hundred k a year. <laughs> Well, it does depend on where you live, though, Kurt. When you, you know, make a lot of money, but yet, you know, your house costs, you know, a a single apartment or whatever you want to say costs like three grand, then a house costs six, seven, eight grand a month stuff. You know, it's a little different ballgame. Well, you're exactly right. Uh, They say uh, you could easily drive through this leafy Silicon Valley suburb without realizing you were in America's richest neighborhood. From the road, it's all high brick walls and opaque gates. Takes Google Maps to get a glimpse of what lies behind. Uh, and it's um, called Atherton, California. Have you ever heard of it? You're a California boy. Yeah, Atherton. sure. Anyway, uh, they say the average household income just blew past half a million dollars. It reveals the sprawling homes of tech billionaires and sports stars studded with tennis courts and pools. Um, For the fourth straight year, Atherton topped Bloomberg's richest places, annual index. Um, Yeah. Well, anyway, they say uh, average income is 525K. Became the first and so far the only community to top the half-million-dollar mark since Bloomberg started compiling the index in 2017. Um, At least some of the town's Silicon Valley neighbors are more or less keeping up. Atherton is joined in the upper echelons of the Bloomberg 
list by Hillsborough. Hillsborough, I don't know if you've heard of that, but anyway, and well, Los Altos Hills. No, this is must be right there in that neighborhood. So I don't know about Valley. Hillsborough, California. Um, anyway, and you got uh, Los Altos Hills. That's I know about number that. five. There are two more communities in the high tech corridor between San Francisco and San Jose, or as we say, San Jose. Both have average incomes upwards of four hundred k. And uh, Elaine White, she's a real estate agent down there, and she's a neighbor, uh, or native of neighboring Redwood City. I guess they have those redwood trees there anyway. Uh, she's watched the tech boom shape the region. Because of how big Facebook has gotten and Google, we've kind of become this concept of the company town where so many people work. All right, Hillsborough's by Valley Santa Clarita. Companies. I know where that is. Very good. Uh, but anyway, the bottom line is uh, half a million bucks a year, average wage in that town that's a little different than you know in your average place in yeah America, but with so I much think. regulation and expense and taxes in california kurt they're getting slave Good labor point. wages kind of going on down there buddy you know what i'm talking about <laughs> i think you're right them the chinese you know they're suffering yeah Wow, Good below point. average. Yeah. It's just shocking, isn't it, folks? And then you got to wonder those two, those extreme towns in California. What are they doing to the average um, numbers to America? You know, when you hear the average American makes say forty-seven thousand dollars or whatever yeah. per household income or fifty grand or whatever it is, you kind of wonder if you took out some of those big rip and rich places and stuff. Hey, that Where number would fall more like a thirty-five grand or I don't know the number. I'm just saying most folks aren't doing that well. Uh, now you, I know that you say, That's well, right. Sam, unemployment's at an all-time low, and it's you know, you're right, but it's still we're talking household income. Oftentimes, what used uh, used to take a man, you know, eight, ten hours a day to make, now it takes a man and a woman, and sometimes multiple people to make that kind of money for the household income to stay the same. So in a way, it's great that there's a lot, you know not very much unemployment. At the same time, you go, I don't know that I want everybody employed. Economics really do well when a breadwinner can make money for the family and, you know, it doesn't require everybody to work. So I'm not super excited about the completely low unemployment numbers when the government takes, what, 50% of everybody's income plus? That's kind of a concern. All right. White choir sings black spirituals and all hell breaks loose, Kurt. (laughs) I don't understand Uh, this at all. Yeah, well, uh, this is uh, Todd Starnes is a writer, and he writes this piece. And, you know, I I think it's, um, you know, has to do with uh, there's, well, anyway, subheadline, Todd Starnes covers triggering of college student over American songs concert. But hold on so a minute. Let's say got... that a black guy creates a song, and it's a religious yeah. song, so they call it a spiritual. And. You know, I reject that it's a black spiritual anyway. I think it's a child of God spiritual. But I guess I'm saying if I'm white and I want to sing those and it brings me closer to God, um, why would anybody have a problem with that? I'm not mad if they sing my white song, Kurt. Yeah, we this all should is up sing songs Western. we like and enjoy together and you know draw us closer to God, all of us, shouldn't we, Kurt? Good point. It's up in Western Michigan University, and they say they're grappling with that question. After a, And the question is, should white people sing black spirituals? Uh, this is after a black I would say under triggered. one condition, Kurt. What's that? If they want to. 
There right? you go. Uh, was triggered and suffered a social media meltdown when a predominantly white choir sang Wade in the Water. I don't know that song, but I bet you could find it. So apparently Western Michigan University thinks it's okay for white people to sing Negro spirituals, it says here, while the instructor talking about these songs don't belong to one race. They sure as blank do. Uh, WMU music major Shaley Fott uh, wrote on a social media post now seen by more than a million people. Fott got triggered after the uh, choir's black conductor reportedly told the audience that the selections were American songs performed for everyone and have no ethnicity. By the way, uh, could the, I agree with that black con- uh, conductor more, Kurt? I couldn't. I, I agree. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I think the word trigger or triggering is interesting now that they use that, you know, less oh, yeah. like when you go off crazy, you know, you trigger, you know. Stuff. Well, all I can you say know. is I'm glad that everybody's willing to work together to sing those gospel songs, and I pray that whether they're created by a white person or a black person, whether the conductor's a white person or a black person, whether the choir members are white people or black people, I hope that they can work together and bring the spirit of the Almighty God into their services and into their songs and into their uh, performances, because I think it'll make America a greater place. See how Very good, John. They, in the article, they say John Wesley Wright, who is a renowned conductor and professor, told the Western Herald that he has no idea why the student got triggered, and he has no reason to apologize. Quote, I just got off the phone with the bass from Sweet Honey and the Rock, an African-American a cappella ensemble, and her first question was, Quote, has anyone looked into the mental health of the people who made the, these comments? See, uh, I couldn't agree more. And I don't <laughs> even know what color that person that is he's quoting. I guess this guy's the black um, uh, conductor, right, Kurt? I think so. But I'm agreeing uh, with all uh, of these people, except for the one yeah. that got all triggered and melting down and everything else. I think it's tremendous that people are singing together and working together. And wow, right? Good I think point. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Singing that up at the black. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Kurt wants to tell you why the IRS is going to knock on your door before the end of the hour, though. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, they say the headline reads, Why the IRS may be knocking on your door during tax season this year. That's a Fox piece. And they say that they just want to remind you that... um, Especially if you make a lot of money and you've been kind of typically late in your filing and stuff like that. They just wanted to, you know, um, give you that friendly reminder, Sam. And so uh, what I was thinking you might do um, is suggest that. Wait, have you filed Is there a better way? I'm working on it. Okay, buddy, you need to get on that. I've already got mine all done. They ain't coming to my house, bro. Well, there you go, Sam. I am working on it. I just haven't got it complete. Why not? Yet. What's the matter with you? I'm into January. Well, I mean, I. Uh, You're into what January. I'm saying is, what are you talking about? Well, I start in December and it goes back, and I almost got all the data compiled. You start and now in December I and go figure, back. Well, and I'm talking about with your records, you know. Kurt, you listen to me. You're supposed to do each month going forward and reconcile, and, my friend. Uh, well, I know that, Sam, but that'd be in a perfect world. Um, well, so uh, you can just ex- let me know done. when the IRS knocks on your door, buddy. We'll try to cover it live, okay? 
and I've got the turbo tax uh, on its way soon and so I'll be entering in all those numbers and of course I'll feel like when you gotta hire some done, people Kate. that everything will be accurate and just like you feel like when you go oh, get perfect people accurate, that you buddy. hire that everything is done properly oh heck yeah know? it's done properly there's no Darn question right. in your mind absolutely I mean because our system is so well I think you need to hire somebody to help with your day-to-day books, Kurt, so you can file uh, timely. That's what you got to do, buddy. All right, Texas DMV making a bunch of cash while Kurt's working on his taxes. Yeah, I guess, Sam, uh, this is not just done in Texas, but apparently uh, the DMV, if you don't know what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is the Department of Motor Vehicles. And I guess they made $3 million last year selling pr- drivers' personal information. So when you show up and you give them all that good data, then, uh, hey, it's an extra way to make cash in the government. So, um, I mean, that's got to cheer you up, right, Sam? Well, hey. I mean, you want to pay your fair share, don't you, Kurt? <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know why you'd kind of be uncomfortable with this. I'm it's sure they'll privilege. be sending part of it back to you because it is your personal information. Don't I you mean, think it's you know, a super privilege, Kurt? Oh, it's a wonderful thing to see that passed out. And then, you know, the nice thing is your phone doesn't sit there and just not ring. You know, it can ring over and over and over with these little computer people calling here or whatever and these people you've never heard of. And it's such a nice thing because it kind of keeps you, it gives you that little exercise, you know, pick up your phone, push the thing. Oh, it's one of those again. Hang up again. You know, I mean, that's... That's got to be exercise, right, Sam? Yeah. The American way, buddy. Aren't you feeling Wonderful. good? <laughs> Brought to you by your local DMV. <laughs> well, I don't even know how to respond to this. You know, except I'm glad Gates and others are pledging money to the coronavirus and stuff. I, I'm glad they're doing that. I'm glad for the good things that are happening. Right? Couldn't agree more, Sam. Yeah. There's one more piece. Uh, I guess we could toss it in real quick. I thought it was interesting. SpaceX, I think that's the uh, Elon Musk deal, says they're set to launch another 60 Internet Starlink satellites, uh, taking the total constellation up to 300. So they've got 300 of those Starlink satellites up in the air. Man, they ought to be able to really improve communications around the world with those, uh, you know. That's amazing to me what's going on, huh? Yes, there's a lot going on. I'll tell you that right now, ladies and gentlemen. So tonight at the Salt Lake Community College, Kurt, 715 Alex Newman. Yeah. And I just got a call, and I'm supposed to give out the address while they get the address corrected on the LovingLiberty.net website. And... um, Let's see here. Salt Lake Community College is just off I-15. You can't miss it, ladies and gentlemen. It's probably at the Larry Miller uh, part there. And so, uh, you know, just check the website for more details. All right, it's 97 West, 350 South. No. 9750 South, 300 West in Sandy, Utah. Yeah. Salt Lake Community College. It's the Miller campus. It's at 715. Let me give it to you one more time. 9750 South, 300 West in Sandy, Utah. God save the Republic.